0: Welcome to another Dragonlance Saga review episode. I almost messed that up. It is Kieran Brook Brooke Green, the 15th. My name is Adam, and today I'm going to give you my spoiler review of The Eve of the Maelstrom by Gene Rabe. I will be spoiling this story, so if you don't want to know it, or you haven't read it yet, you probably never should, so it doesn't really matter. Who cares? This is a nightmare of a novel. It is arguably the worst novel I have ever read that has anything to do with Dragonlance. For a number of reasons that I'll get into here shortly, I would like to take a moment and thank the members of this YouTube channel and invite you to consider becoming a member by visiting the link in the description below and always remind you that you can always pick up Dragonlance Gaming materials using the affiliate links in the description below as well. All of this just uh, gets my beak wet a little bit. I got quite the beak to get wet, so uh, <laughs> hook a brother up. All right, so the way these things work out is uh, I <laughs> painfully read the book And then I gave you my uh, written, pre-written review, and then I'm just going to present it to you. And then on the tail end of that, any comments or questions or ideas or thoughts that pop into your minds, throw them up in YouTube chat if you're joining live, and I'll address them. And we'll just sort of riff a little bit. It's hump day. So let's hump? (laughs) Okay. Hey, Andrew. Good to see you, man. What's up, Chris? Okay. All right. We are immediately given the answer to the question about Tachesis' return. It Turns out Frost was talking about Malice's intention of using ancient artifacts to elevate her to godhood through their destruction and magical release. This makes as much sense as Ski destroying artifacts to return magic to Kryn in order to leave to the Grey and collect Kitiara's soul, so I'm down. Now that we know what Malice's plans are, we pick up with Ski headed... I know you guys say sky, but that's not how words work, so I'm just going to go with Ski, headed to his lair with the artifacts Huma's Dragon Lance and Goldmoon's Holy Medallion of Faith. It's strange that just holding the lance causes Ski harm. It seems it should require, I don't know, piercing him in order to hurt him. But again, I accept it. The heroes are all collecting themselves after Palin saved them with his illusion from Ski, and they now only have the artifact, the Fist of Eli and the promise of Dalamar's ring from the master of the tower. They decide to travel to hunt down Domin Grimwolf and take his glaive, which is clearly an artifact, then travel to collect the crown from Dimernost, if they can find it. So Palin takes some of the heroes with him to the tower of Weyrith to research Domin's glaive and the Dimernesty crown. The shadow sorcerer is pretty insistent about them dealing with the shadow dragon first that's killing the evil dragons and absorbing their power but no one else seems to be concerned at all. Knowing who the Shadow Sorcerer is, I wonder if Jean Rabe knew who it would end up being as she was writing this trilogy, and I don't think she did. Damin is being controlled by Malice and enters Sable's land, where he finds and kills some of her spawn. Then, as she comes to kill Damin, Malice speaks through Damin and gains him safe passage. He is traveling to Ogre Ruins in Blud. The heroes travel through the swamp and come across some Bakali who are transporting elves for Sable. It turns out that if the spawn are not created by humans, they end up as abominations, and that's exactly what Sable likes. The heroes rescue the elves, who know the way to the ruins in Blood, where Domin is headed. The sorcerers in the Tower of Weyrith are scrying his location and updating the heroes as they travel. Damon ends up being met by some Knights of Takesis and is forced to kill some Islamic Knights. But the knights, uh, I'm sorry, the Shadow Dragon attacks before he can kill the final knight. The Shadow Dragon murders all the Knights of Takesis, leaving only one, the commander Jalen, to tell the story. This is all after the Shadow Dragon kills Furno, Malice's lieutenant, Red Dragon. It was a pretty over, I'm sorry, underwhelming fight as the Shadow Dragon seems incredibly overpowered with his breath weapon. Not even an adult red dragon can stand up to it. That's strange to me. Naturally, Malice is infuriated and leaves Domyn to look for Inferno. Domyn tells the remaining Salemic Knights to flee and wanders off to hide from the Dark Knights. We return to the tower, where Ulin has taken Sunrise, the gold dragon, presumably to the Dragon Isles, to talk with the other dragons and train with them there. And Blister and Usha ask Palin to send them to the other heroes in Blood, because they're pretty much just bored being in the tower. Usha has a flashback early on about her time with the Qolinsty Elves when Palin collects the Fist of Le, and they suggest that there's more to her history that they almost want to leak out, but they don't in this novel, so I wonder if there was actually plans to go into more detail about Usha's history. And of course, history about the Fist of Le that uh, no one knows thus far. I honestly don't recall at this point reading it, ...if it has ever been clarified, so I looked forward to rediscovering if there was, in fact, an explanation. And as far as the Fist of L.E. goes, there is. Also, the Master of the Tower believes that Dommen's Glaive is an ancient artifact called Reorx's Grin. It's the best name they could come up with. It's so ancient that it was actually lost during the All Saints War, and that was in prehistory! That's crazy! That's crazy old! Alright, so Gold Moon is approached by Riverwind's spirit and told to return to the living, and she argues and fights against him. But we all know that she ultimately will return at some point. Damon goes into the mountains into hiding and is caught by the Shadow Dragon, who realizes he's under control of Malice. They fight, but Damon is subdued, and the Shadow Dragon breaks the scale that is giving Malice power over Damon. D'Othanas and Silvara arrive to collect Damon for judgment. But Silvara and the Silver Dragon, I'm sorry, Shadow Dragon work together to remove the scale's influence entirely from Damon. It makes his, it dyes his hair color. That's <laughs> like the effect. Now, presumably there's a, I mean, I, not presumably, there is a trilogy about him becoming more influenced about the Shadow Dragon. I've never read it, I don't really know anything about it. So maybe it's great, but at this point, I have no desire to read it. Damon then leaves with Gilthanas and Silvara in order to find the other heroes. They're all scouring the mountains to find Damon and they come across an army of red dragon spawns, seemingly searching for Furno's remains or Damon. They get back into the—I'm uh, sorry—they get backed into a cave and use magic to seal themselves inside to protect them from the red dragon's army, uh, red dragon spawn army. Uh, and they begin exploring the cave when Jasper falls through to a lower cavern area, hurting herself. And uh, I'm sorry, himself. He's also lost confidence himself since Goldmoon's death, and is unable to heal himself <laughs> because healing is—it's called like healing from the heart. You know, it's very Care Bear stare-like in fifth or fifth age um, saga system where these books are all written based around. So you have to really believe, just believe in yourself, and then you can do stuff. It's pretty stupid on the surface, presenting magic that way, but reading about it is infinitely more stupid. It's just just the worst. There are no consequences in this novel, except for one person. And I'll give you a hint about who that is. It's Jasper. Okay, it's not a hint. He dies. But he ends up healing everyone all the time. And I'm sitting here reflecting about the Saga System game that I ran with a bunch of people on this channel. And how difficult it was just to heal someone a couple hit points or cards. And Jasper's just willy-nilly handing out the healing all the time. And then his mentor dies, which literally has no physical or emotional effect on him other than sorrow, understandably. But that then blocks him from being able to heal anything just strange very strange if he was a player in my game and he was saying i would love to heal the other heroes but i just just can't get my confidence up there well then i would just ask one of the heroes to smack him in his face and get over it that's the stupidest reason for not being able to use your power because you're sad get out of here don't be dumb all right so anyway the half ogre growler is also looking for him and falls as well hurting himself. We then get this wonderful flashback of Groler in his home with his wife. He's a half-ogre, but he's married to a, a human woman. He was attacked by a green dragon and a yellow-eyed gnome, granting his wish to shut out screams of the dying. Now, that's when Fury, the wolf, showed up, who also has yellow eyes, leading us to believe that Fury is not just a wolf, nor do I think he's a yellow-eyed gnome. He's some other entity. And that may also be explained in that other trilogy about Dommen, but it's definitely not explained in this book. Groller is ultimately healed by Jasper, who rediscovers his ability with the help of Goldmoon's spirit, possibly. Uh, did she come back already? It's completely unclear. We have no idea why he couldn't heal two seconds before, and now, suddenly, he can heal. Just throwing your hands up in the air. It doesn't make any sense. This book feels so rushed and has so much to wrap up, as the final book in the trilogy, that I can't help but feel that there should be more than one more book in this series. In any case, the heroes regroup and are saved by Silvara. They're approached by Palin, scrying, and Gilthanas and Silvara need to search Kerr for potential places Tacis might return to, and so they drop off the heroes of the harbor town and head out. The heroes discover the area has been taken over by Knights of Tacis looking for them, and since they need to travel to Demyrnesy to get the crown artifact, they need a ship. They find a boat to take to a ship in order to overtake that ship. And what follows is an insanely long and wildly unrealistic battle where the heroes face off against, now there's like five of them. They face off against multiple dozens of skilled trained dark knights and defeat them all, (laughs) like just piling bodies up on each other while burning, actively burning the ships as well so that those ships can't give chase. Though the heroes seem to get defeated individually, they don't actually stop fighting. They just explain how tired they are and how many cuts they have on their body, but it doesn't affect them from being able to mass murder these dark knights with wild reckless abandon. Alright, so they collectively still beat the odds, and it is the first time that I'm actually unable to suspend my disbelief in this novel. They would have been massacred, It is so unrealistic that they would ever make it out alive, let alone face Brian the Dragon Overlord, and defeat her with only 100 pages left. Not to mention Malice and Calendros and Tachesis and Shadow Sorcerer and everything else that needs to be wrapped up in in the last 100 pages. And this is the last book in the trilogy. So, we're presented with a scenario where the heroes steal a new ship, which all others are in flames, so it's really just the only ship, and Dommen easily, at near death himself, kills two Dark Knights by throwing one dagger at them each. And they just drop dead. Now the dagger's not magical. It's just a dagger. But Dommen threw it, and he's a hero, so you have to kill the bad guys, I guess. And then the rest of the crew just gives up. They're like, oh, you killed two of us with daggers. We wildly outnumber you, but... I guess we'll just let you take the ship. (laughs) So fucking stupid. Now they begin sailing to Dimernos, staying at the outer edges of the realm so Brynseldomir doesn't kill them as he does all the ships that come into his territory. Uh, He's the sea dragon, the the dragon overlord that controls the sea. Bit of a minor dragon overlord, actually. The near-dead are all healed by Jasper Fireforge, who once again has regained his confidence, and Usha, with the aid of Jasper, recalls the secret of the Fist of LE, and Jasper now wields the artifact. So the Fist of LE is an artifact created by Paladine, and it can kill on command, but you have to know the secret words or something, or connect with it, or do the Care Bear Stare, or some other bullshit. And um, it, like, enhances everyone's ability to fight, so it's like a bless spell, like this community bless spellers and like a large mass combat thing meanwhile feral dives into the sea and shape changes into an octopus then a fish and finds the sea elf city she's met by a sea elf named valona who is instrumental in helping her people understand that feral is not evil and is a sorcerer elf she's eventually taken to the speaker of the sea nukala as <laughs> the whole time i can't i take a medicine for my um Debilitating asthma called Nukala. And so the whole time I'm thinking about this, I'm just imagining myself getting shot in the arm. Anyway, as Pharaoh tells her about everything that has been happening above the surface and asks for the crown of tides, the Demernesti have been using the crown to make sure Brian doesn't destroy their nation, but they are willing to part with it if Pharaoh promises to kill Brian. She reluctantly agrees, and on the way back to the ship, Brian sees and attacks her, then searches for the ship that she must have come in on because she's clearly not a sea elf. As Brian attacks the ship, Domin and Grawler dive overboard to attack the dragon overlord in the water. Now, far be it from me to tell anyone how to tactically attack a sea dragon, but swimming out to it and trying to stab it with your sword... Arguably seems to be the worst possible way of doing it. And these are like seasoned warriors. Of course they almost die again. And I have to say almost because there's no consequences in this. (laughs) So, Domin is nearly killed. And with the Fist of Ellie's uh, full power in the hands of Jasper, with all of his confidence, and the ship being steered into the dragon, they defeat Brine. They actually defeated a dragon overlord by ramming their ship into it. Did no one ever consider that? Has no one ever tried to ram the dragon, the sea dragon? It seems like the only tactic you can try. All right, so Veilana rescued Feral and Domin, and once again, there are no casualties facing off against a dragon overlord of all things. And they didn't even need to use the crown of tides in the first place. This is all way too convenient and way too easy. The dragon overlords are supposed to be immeasurable in power. Dragon lenses barely affect them. Artifacts hurt them, but rarely do any permanent damage to them. Yet these heroes never seem to lose at anything, and it only gets worse. Palin is sent to Erekin's Rest, where the Shadow Sorcerer is convinced Takesis will re-enter Kryn from, as the mortals still think the Dragon Overlords are referring to the Old Goddess rather than the elevated Malice. And then the Shadow Sorcerer attacks Palin, revealing that she is in fact a spy for Malice, and has been the whole time! If it wasn't for you crazy kids, I would have gotten away with it. This <laughs> is at direct odds with the War of Souls trilogy that was later released, And the reneged truth about the Shadow Sorcerer, but what can you do? At the time it was written, the Shadow Sorcerer wasn't Tikesis as far as we know, so whatever. As Palin defeats her, she disappears, never to be seen in the novel again. And then we flash forward. Everyone is outside the Dragon Overlord's area in Kerr, where she is going to ascend to godhood. That's right. They went from being abandoned in a crashed ship in the ocean that's slowly titanic-like sinking and Palin barely surviving an attack with a shadow sorcerer to everyone is together months later, right outside where everything is supposed to happen. How did they get there? Who knows? Who saved them? Who knows? Doesn't matter. (laughs) We just need to propel the story because we only got like 50 pages left. All right. So the heroes... Stuck on their sh- broken ship were apparently rescued and slipped past the Dark Knights that were waiting for them on the shore. All the Dragon overlords and their lieutenants are gathered with the Dark Knights and Goblin and Ober tribes who had zero effect on the story at all, but were given chapters in other books for absolutely no reason except to gather humans in order to make spawn. None of them matter, as the heroes just waltz into the dragon gathering and literally go toes with them, like Daffy Duck style So stupid. Um, Let's see, where did I leave off? The Overlords allow the mortals to attack them because they are beneath them in power. Like, for real. The heroes are running, uh, like, individual heroes are facing off against individual dragon overlords. And they're like that to, you know, a dragon overlord. And so they just run up and they're just whacking at them with their artifacts. And these dragons are like, I gotta concentrate on this. You know, just keep doing what you're doing. It's fine. So stupid. But then Frost ends up leasing because he's hurt a little bit too much in his ankle, apparently. And then the good dragons with Salamnic Knights arrive and battle with... Well, it isn't really clear who they're battling with. We just assume it's with all of the Ogre and Goblin and Dark Knights out there, but it never really says. It just says that the heroes are battling the Overlords... And dragons are all flying in the sky, willy-nilly. Okay. <laughs> this story focuses on malice ascending to Godhood with an altar of magic items and artifacts. And as she is ascending to Godhood, Kellandros approaches and steals the power of the altar in order to open a portal to the gray, taking a blue dragon from Kittiar, uh for Kitiyar in order to inhabit. Before he le- because her soul in this story her soul is absolutely in the gray. Calendros has seen it and he knows exactly where to go to get it. Before he leaves, he gives damon a dragon lance for real. The evil blue dragon gives damon a hero, Huma's dragon lance, in order to kill Malice with it. So he takes Huma's dragon lance, which is the oldest dragon lance, crafted by Paladine himself, bequeathed to the most worthy of knights. And it don't do shit. What ends up happening is he stabs Malice. Malice does that, that whole, ooh, ah, ah thing. And then Kellandros literally pimp slaps her and she goes flying through the air. This is Gene Rabe's writing. I'm not making that up. How insane is that? stupid. So don't worry about Malice. She's fine because there's no consequences at all here. She's not dead. She's just pissed off and she vows revenge against those pesky kids. Kellenjose then leaves Kryn, but promises Palin and the heroes can safely leave. Seriously. The good guys are attacking the bad guys. The bad guy, who I guess is ultimate power god now that he bit-slapped Malice across into the blood sea, is like Everyone, leave these heroes alone that have been actively attacking you and trying to kill you. Uh, All you knights in the sky, let's just uh, call a timeout and everyone go home. See ya. And he pops smoke. And everyone just leaves. Everyone just stops fighting. They're like, all right, well, take care, dragon overlords. (laughs) They walk away. It's the most insane thing I've ever read in my life. And this is the second time that I'm reading it. I must have blocked it out. It's so stupid. All right. So, the entire battle just stops as everyone just goes home. No harm, no foul. The only casualty was Jasper, who fought with the resurrected Gold Moon, who is now once again young, way before Takeses could have had the power to grant her her youth. This was such a rushed novel that undermines the severity of the world and the novels that preceded it. It ended in such a haphazard way so as to be comically stupid. And now I finally remember why everyone hated this trilogy of novels. It's not for how it began, it's how it ended. We're left with the promise of Kellandros collecting Kidiara. Reneged. Uh, the Shadow Sorcerer being mortal female spy for malice. Reneged. Uh, Goldmoon, returning in youth because she was destined to train others who would defeat the Overlords. Reneged. Palin, whose whole body is scarred and burned. Reneged. Ulin traveling home with Sunrise and dragons. Uh, the dragon never to be seen or heard from again. And nothing actually changed in all of these three novels in the world. Not one thing changed. Malice is still in control. The Dragon Overlords still dominate the land. Only one Overlord was killed, but he was a loner and uninvolved in the first place, and only Jasper suffered death for all of it. If you can avoid this novel, I would highly recommend doing so. This was a joke of a story that had the promise of something better, but was wildly mishandled from the start. You can blame TSR selling out to wizards, you can blame Gene Rabe for shit-writing, you can blame Weiss and Hickman for reneging everything that Gene Rabe wrote, but don't bother reading it. That is my review. I was so upset after reading this novel. I was genuinely angry. I like my wife was like coming up. She's like, hey, go give me a hug. I was like, nope, I can't hug you. I'm really angry right now. It's stupid, stupid. Ugh. All right. So, two questions for after the review. Uh, what kind of swear words are used in the Dragonlance appearing in the novels? I don't actually know. You know, like Battlestar Galacta had frack? You know, fracking this and fracking that. I don't know what swear words they have in this, to be honest. I don't think I ever recalled any. Um, Have you embraced the fact that you, Adam, have fans? No. I think rightfully so. People are fans of Dragonlance, and they put up with me. Um, Let's see. Uh, Hey, Chris. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. Keeping the beak wet since 2022. (laughs) Uh, You still have this book, Shalafi? Burn it. No, I'm just kidding. Keep books. Always. Don't ever burn them. Uh, in hindsight, it was a lot to ask of Gene Rabe to continue Weiss and Hickman's legacy. They should have gone with a more proven Dragonless Rider like Knack or a combination of Niles and Grub. I think Niles and Grubb would have done great. I'm not a huge fan of Knack, actually. I I, I think he's overrated. I think people like... the. I, I think Weiss and Hickman are going to renege some of his story of The Legend of Huma. So uh, prepare yourselves. It's just a suspicion, but... So Reorks' smile is a mask of some kind? No, it's a glaive. It's a polearm. It's like actually a, like a weapon. I don't know why it's called Reorks' smile. This is weird. Uh, let's see. Domin had a lot of potential as a character. It's a shame. Yeah, I mean, he might still be like badass. I just don't know. Sounds like a great read. <laughs> yeah. Saga game shout out. Whoop, whoop. See, uh, they really, really believe they could beat those mean knights. That's all you need, man. You just have to believe it in your core. You can do it. Don't ever tell your kids that, because that's not true. That's a lie. But we can tell fantasy people that, because, you know, we're grown up and stuffs. (laughs) Ramming a sea dragon is a straight-up Ursula Little Mermaid move. 100%. And it worked then, and it worked now. It didn't really even work then, though. But it worked now. So, one out of two ain't bad. Let's see. Uh, you loved the book so much. You were the exact opposite. You thought it was amazing. Your opinion, the worst dragon's book you ever read was Darkness and Light and the Prelude about Sturm and Kitiara going to the moon. You didn't like that? It wasn't fully reneged. They just added to it. There's a whole adventure where you go to Lunatari. Like, for real. See, you haven't read it in 20 years. Alright, so reason 124 of why you should only read the books by Weiss and Hickman. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, and Chosel, thanks for joining live, man. Yeah. So right now I'm reading Legion by William Blatty. It's the sequel to The Exorcist. So far, I'm really enjoying it. And the next Dragonlance novel, I've been sitting on the audiobook trilogy of the Lynch and Magier trilogy for months. So I think I'm going to read the Lynch and Magier trilogy next. And I'll start that next week. And since it's audiobook, I'll just plow through it. So you should have a review next at uh, the end of next week for the first book in that it should be good i'm looking forward to it anyway uh hey jason thanks for joining live yeah i was so angry because that first novel i thought did a good job of setting up the fifth age the second novel i was like mm, all right where are you gonna go how are you gonna finish this thing and this one you're just like what happened What? where did you go wrong there must have been because they were developing out the expansions and and supplements and adventures for the saga system while this was being written and like planning it out at the very minimum, there must've been a lot of sort of like fingers in the pie. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of people going like, no, we got to include this. Oh, we Let's just fast forward it. No, we can't kill off the dragon overlords. we got to use them for the adventure modules. And at no point was there ever like, this is the trilogy. Here's the full story we have to tell. And these are the pieces that we're going to tell in these different books. There's no way that could have possibly happened. Otherwise, you could have pieced together a really solid story. And why you had to maintain every one of the dragon overlords, I have no idea. It didn't make any sense. Like, first of all, Malice ends up being killed, yes, by a god and a death dragon. But still, it, like, uh, the, the, whom is Dragonlance the artifact that is crafted simply to murder dragons defeated Tikesis Malice just shakes it off like it's a thorn what kind of crap is that and then you go through all of this links because this whole story started with Kelandros being outside of Kryn in the grave finding Kidiarra's soul he finds it comes back in order to get a proper body for her to inhabit gets trapped here finds his way out in this last novel, and that was his whole purpose, this entire trilogy, heads out, and we're ex- exactly the same position. He doesn't get Kitiara's soul, even though he knew exactly where it was, because Margaret Weiss and Trace Hagman didn't want him to. And so instead, her soul was used as this sort of uh, MacGuffin that the Tikesis was using to mess with Kellandros with. like The whole thing is so stupid, it drives me insane. All right, well, check it out. Don't take my word for it. (laughs) The Reading Rainbow ending. But don't take my word for it. All right, that is it for my review of The Eve Maelstrom by Gene Rabe. Did you enjoy this reintroduction and uh, end of so many familiar heroes? Uh, Is Domin and his glaive too powerful? I don't even think I changed these questions because I was so upset by the time I finished this stupid novel. Uh, I would like to take a moment and remind you to subscribe to this YouTube channel, ring the bell to get notified about upcoming videos, and click the like button. All of that goes to help other Dragonlance fans learn about this channel and its content. Thank you all so much for tuning in and watching. I genuinely appreciate it. Uh, this has been Adam with Dragonlance Sog, and until next time, sláinte